Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <sighs> Sheer ambrosia. Today is Tuesday, August 2nd. So it's 8 2 2022 a good set of numbers. My birthday is coming up uh, later this month in uh, 20 days. So that will be another set of eights and twos though. I don't know if I'll get to podcast that day. I'll um, be visiting my mother and stepdad in Tucson. So I don't know maybe we can convince my mom to do a birthday podcast with me and we could just I don't know reminisce about my birth. <laughs> Probably we don't want that. Let's rethink. So anyway today is exciting because the audiobook of Lonan's War releases today. Very exciting. Uh, this is book one of the Sorceress Moons books of which there are six. Um, Sorceress Moons was the first series I did totally indie that I did um, plan to self publish from the beginning and did it uh, indie all along that I um, as opposed to some of the others where it was like a series that started in trap trad pub that I continued in indie or it's uh, a lot of noise out there. Don't know what that was. Um, or one that I'd gotten the rights back and self published. So, so yeah, Sorceress Moons uh, first came out in 2016, which is amazing, right? Six years ago now. And I started that when I uh, first left the day job, was kicked out of the nest in uh, fall of 2015 because my team was downsized and I decided to try to make it as a full time writer without a day job. That's my definition. Um, <laughs> there are people who disagree with me, but um, and I think it's because being a full time writer has a certain cachet and so people want to lay claim to it. But yeah, that's what it is for me is if uh, I have no other day job. <sighs> so, uh, but scribd. S C R I B D scribd bought the audio rights for Sorceress Moons, which my lovely agent negotiated for me. For those of you who are wondering how that works uh, for your indie pub books, you don't have to have an agent to negotiate for you, but it's great that my agent does want to do that for me. And then she does get the percentage, which is, you know, that's fine. Uh, she made a lot of changes to the contract. The negotiations took a long time, uh, which I knew she was actively working on because she would send me updates as opposed to a previous agent who claimed to be spending a lot of time in negotiations when actually that meant he just wasn't getting to it and it was sitting on his desk if he had one. Not that I'm bitter. 
he claimed to spend a lot of time on negotiations on the contracts for a particular pair of books and I've compared it to the contracts that my previous agent uh, put through that I know she did not do a lot of negotiating and I don't see any difference. So that's one way that you know. How do you know? I'm not a Broadway singer. But if I were I would want to play Cinderella in any of her incarnations. That's probably not true. I like Amy Adams so. So there's a little bit of a stream of consciousness riffing for you. Uh, anyway, Lone and Swart out today. They've started releasing the audiobooks. At the same time, I have pulled Sorcerer's Moons uh, out of KU. Lonan's Reign, book six, will remain in KU until like September 6th because for some reason that never got uploaded into KU correctly. So it's lagging behind the others but gradually the other books in the series are coming out of KU and I am putting them back up wide. So Lonan's War is now wide again everywhere. So um oh and I even had my phone out so I could show you the script listing here it oh big flashing glare from the uh, rising sun if you're on video but there's the cover for Lonan's Roar audio pretty cool and uh, I've scribbed as an app on my phone and I really like it <laughs> which I know is sounds like much right because you know here I am like oh look listen to my audio book but that's exactly how I sound too but um one cool thing that Scribd did when they bought the rights to do audio for this series is they gave me a free subscription to Scribd for like a year which let me tell you people none of my other audiobook trad publishers have done that. They um in fact some of my other books they wouldn't even give me a copy of my own freaking book on audio. Uh, and I ended up having to buy it just so I could listen to it and know what my book sounded like on audio. It's such a huge miss. It's stupid. Um, we all know we don't really love audible and this is one of the big reasons why. But Scribd is interesting because you can um, read ebooks on here as well as listen to audiobooks and it's a nice it's a really nice app uh, and they have a lot of stuff on here. I'm not a big audiobook listener but sometimes because I can listen for free well it actually is for free since I didn't have to pay for my my subscription that I can try books out on audio that I'm not sure if I want to to buy and read and then sometimes if I like them on audio I'll uh, then buy them and read them on Kindle or whatever. So anyway I will put those uh, links up in the show notes. Please check out the audiobook. If you've already read Sorceress Moons um, tell your friends who like to listen to fantasy romance on audio. Uh, Lona's War is a slow burn princess in a tower. One of the things that I learned as an aside 
at a polycon is that the readers who ask you to tell them about your books, they really want to hear the tropes. And I am not always good at saying tropes. Uh, I found that I was not good at explaining what dark wizard was about. Dark wizard did not sell as well in person as it does online. It was really interesting to see the difference of what things sold well in person as opposed to online. Uh, but I did not do a good job of communicating what the dark wizard books were about, uh, for whatever reason, but I think it's tropes. I need to figure out what the tropes are for that book and series. Yeah. Uh, but Lonan's war, do I even know my tropes? I mean, it's enemies to lovers and, uh, he is attacking her city. He comes from the barbarians and she is literally a princess who is psychically fragile and so must live up in a tower away from all of the psychic energy of the city. And because of this, she's like the only member of the Royal family left alive when, uh, the barbarians win and she ends up and Lonan is a younger son, but he is, um, also ends up being the only one left alive of his family. And so the two end up negotiating with each other to stop the violence, to find a peace, which of course inevitably involves them getting married. Right. Um, but that doesn't happen till later. It is a slow burn. I've seen, uh, I think it's still like the top review on Amazon is this one person's like, they don't even touch each other for the first book. And it's true, but Oriah can't be touched because of the, um, of her psychic abilities. She, um, it's, it's agonizing for her to be touched by somebody. So they figure out very creative ways to overcome that. Although much of that happens in book two after the wedding night. Um, I've considered consolidating those and making them into a trilogy. Uh, you could put books one and two together and I mean, it, it would work Do one and two, three and four, five and six, but I just left them as the separate books. So I do have, um, the audio books are, they're putting them out as a staggered release. And let's see if I can tell you, I think, um, today's August 2nd. I think the second one's coming out. She gave me a tentative list. She said it might not happen. Um, exactly on that. She said it might change. That's it. August 16th is book two. So they're putting them out. I think they're looking at every two weeks. So yeah, by the time, uh, the sixth book comes out in audio, it will come out. It'll be white. It'll be out of KU. So, um, I have to kind of keep up with those things. One thing I talked about with agent Sarah, when we had lunch at a polycon was I might just have the agency take over publishing the, uh, seven contemporary BDSM books that I got back from Karina press. 
that would mean that the agency gets 15% of those books, but would also mean that I don't have to deal with them. <laughs> I'm trying to decide. Um, it would be good for me to do them myself. Algorithm wise, I do get more money. It's also more work and it's no longer squarely on brand for me. So I don't know if it would help with my other list, you know? So still remaining on my notes that I took on the plane. One thing I was thinking about is how we learn how to work, how we learn how to produce work. And I uh, got to have lunch with a newbie author at um, a polycon. She's an agency sister, Tiff Holloman, and <coughs> she is not yet published. So she signed with my same agent, Sarah Younger, Nancy Yost Literary, uh, right before pandemic hit. And <coughs> excuse me, that first book just didn't sell which happens sometimes. I'm actually, it happens more than people realize. And Tiff and I had lunch in part, I think because she, she did say that Sarah suggested that she make contact with me, uh, just because here I am, I am the advice giver. And, uh, you know, and I said, you know, I know it's really frustrating when the book that you signed an agent with doesn't sell because there is a tendency to think when you're a newbie author that once you get your agent that you haven't made. And I know so many people that it just doesn't work out that way. For whatever reason, the book doesn't sell, the agent doesn't turn out, I don't know, to be someone who actually does any work, which is not the case with Sarah. Sarah's awesome. But Sorry, I'm starting to go down the mental path of like that one agent that didn't like to work. Uh, if he had liked to work, he could have done a lot, but he was just, um, I don't know, fatally and eternally distracted. So anyway, um, we talked about that. They've Tiff has written another book and they're going out on submission with that. So fingers crossed with her for her on that. Uh, really lovely gal. She's a lawyer, works for the federal government in DC. So she was local. Uh, and so she came to the con to see how it was, but then, uh, you know, and to meet with Sarah. And so it was really nice that we got to have lunch with each other. And one of the things we talked about was productivity, uh, which of course is something people ask me about a lot. And I talk about a lot on this podcast and I do a fair amount of author coaching on the topic because that's always a question, right? Is how do we be productive? How do we get the work done? And so I was giving her advice on writing in the morning before she goes to work. It's, uh, you know, that for me writing every day at the same time, every day was the thing that worked. And it's the thing is, is as I believe that is a guaranteed process. A lot of people feel like that's not possible and I understand. Uh, but if you do that, if you get in the habit of writing every day at the same time, every day, and it doesn't have to be for very long, that 
you will build a writing habit and that's the most important thing that you need to reliably produce work. And she was lighting up as I was talking about this because she was saying, you know, when I get home at the end of the day and after I've put the kid to bed and all of that, I'm, I said, yeah, you're done. You're, you're out of juice. And that's why I write in the morning because that's when I have the juice. Different people have different processes and some people have more juice late at night. But if you have a day job, if you have children, if you have lots of day responsibilities, then it's not reasonable to expect your creative self to have much juice at the end of the day after you've already done everything for everybody else. Some people might, but most of us know uh, me. I'm, I'm kind of brain fried after these days, uh, after about five or six o'clock at night, I am just, I'm done. And that's when I want to read books or watch shows. And that was, uh, that's where I'm at. I was thinking about talking about something that I just watched, but I, or several things that I watched, but I think I'll save that and finish this thought. So anyway, one of the things I was thinking about was how no one ever taught me how to study. I did get the advice to write every day at the same time, every day for more than one author. And I, um, resisted it for a very long time. I did not want to do that. I it felt incredibly difficult for me. And part of the reason that I started doing it in the morning was it was the only time that I could find where I could actually reliably write at the same time every day. So I started getting up at four 30 or five and I was not a morning person so that I could write two hours before I went to work. And then from there, my day got progressively crazier. So that was the one thing I could count on. And as I told Tiff, some of the stuff I wrote back then, like hopeful monsters is one. Oh, I'll link to hopeful monsters. If you all want to read that little story. Um, some of those things are seriously psychedelic and it's because I was sleep deprived and she was saying, well, I don't know if I could go to bed early enough to be able to get up that early. And I said, I tell you what, at least the way it worked for me was if I made myself get up that early, eventually I shifted and I was going to sleep early, which is why I go to sleep around nine because I wake up at five. Uh, and that works for me. So anyway, I was just thinking about in college, my transition from high school to college and how in high school, I just almost never studied. I was fortunate enough to, um, I'm an auditory learner, so I could sit in class and listen. And as long as the teacher had said it at some point, I could put it down on the test. I'm also good at absorbing from reading and I like to read. So I would read the, the assignments, uh, but I never worked very hard because I didn't have to. And the classes I would have had to work in, um, I did not do great in. And I was thinking about my transition to college because I went to a private liberal arts university. Washington University in St. Louis, which I loved, but I struggled in some of the classes because I needed to study and I didn't know how. And looking back, mosquito, if I had implemented that schedule then, and which of course never occurred to me, but that first semester, I took a calculus class that started at seven 30 in the morning 
because I had already in high school been used to getting up that early. We had an AP biology class that I think school started at like eight or eight Oh five. And the AP biology class had all um, voted and agreed because we were hopeless overachievers to start class at seven 30 so that we could do some dissections and the sun is coming to get me here, but I'm almost done. Uh, so I did that calculus class at seven 30, four days a week. And, and I liked getting up and going to that class early, but I didn't work on learning the equations and so forth outside of class. Uh, so it was not, not, not great. And I felt like it was because I wasn't good at it, but it's simply that I couldn't just absorb it and regurgitate it. So I wish if I were going back and I don't often have something to say to my younger self, but I wish that it had occurred to me or that someone had suggested it to me. Uh, if I had just in college and grad school gotten up early and studied, did my um, I, I could always do the readings. I always did the readings, but if I just like run the math problems, worked the various things, biochemistry and so forth, if I had just done that stuff for like two hours every morning, I would have, um, I probably would have done much, much better than I did. And I didn't do abysmally, but I didn't do brilliantly either. So there's something to be said for that learning how to work increment incrementally, which I know I'm a big fan of that. It took me a long time to figure it out. And it was because I wanted to write novels and I had deadlines. It was only after I had a traditional deal. Um, actually I had ended up with several at once and I started to panic about being able to meet those deadlines that that was when I got really ritualized with my goals and deliberate about writing for a couple hours every morning. And I still did it for a very long time up until I left the day job. Um, that was a nice, uh, circular discussion, which I don't often do wrap around to the beginning again. Uh, and then I continued it after I got laid off because I already had the habit built. So thoughts, thoughts, um, please share about the Lonan's war audiobook or, and that it's wide now be nice to, uh, this series has new covers. So let's, um, it'll be lovely to see it get a little resurgence and, uh, I will talk to you all on Thursday. You all take care. Bye-bye.